Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome into episode 47 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is the goodest of brothers, TF Joker. Joker, what's the crack, brother, man, what's going on? Oh, you know, this is the same old, same old PT, been chilling out. Uh, doing absolutely nothing this fine Easter, except walking a lot. So just uh, you know, just doing out doing the walking, watching the wrestling, and um, yeah, just sort of enjoying myself. What about yourself? Not too bad. Uh, we had ended up catching up with some family over the holiday season, or rather holiday weekend, excuse me, and uh, I don't. Let me ask you real quick, because I had a couple of really hot days. I'm out on the West Coast, towards the West Coast of the the U.S. Mm. at the moment, and we got a couple of 90-degree-plus Fahrenheit weather. How was the weather out by you, brother? Yeah, it wasn't anywhere near 90 degrees Fahrenheit, I can tell you that much. Uh, It was, you know, obviously, working in Celsius, I was, I think, the highest, got to about 13. Um, So, I mean, it wasn't you know it was mild uh in terms of uh in terms of uh not raining uh and then we just had rain for about an hour one day just all the rain like all the rain got together i was like okay we're going to give them a break but then one guy went and said well how about this instead of us all coming out at our allotted time we all just go together and that happened i think on yeah, for yesterday. Yeah, I was. I went out to get some stuff for a barbecue that we were supposed to have yesterday, and just all the rain came down. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not having a barbecue tonight. So, yeah. Other than that, it's it's been it's been dry. It's been perfectly all right. So, it has been an awful lot nicer than the uh, previous weeks. Fair play. You gotta love it when a plan comes together. Looks like the rain clouds got together. Got the producers, got the creative, and we're like, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and do it all at once so we can get out of the matches early and have a nice little dinner, get to the hotel, and do our own thing. So Just that one raindrop, man. If I catch his booker, I'm going to break his pencil. Looks like they were going into business for themselves and kind of ruined a little bit of your day, unfortunately. But Tisby expected for this sort of time of year. It's the middle of April at the time of recording. and. Yeah, you're going to have sort of kind of getting into the spring, the occasional odd weather day. So it is to be expected for both you and me in very different climates, although we're having sort of oddball weather. But, you know, it is one of those things. It's the interesting thing about weather. It's it's those kind of like predicting the future sort of witchcraft thing. Uh, you can't always kind of make sure that it's going to be the thing that you say it is so it's much like uh trying to predict wrestling predicting weather is uh, not the easiest thing to do yeah but you know we can't get the wrestling right more often than the weatherman uh and weather, weather women are, are uh, about our daily uh our daily precipitation but uh yeah other other than other than just sitting around and uh enjoying the good weather been enjoying the 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 all right wrestling this week. It hasn't been too bad, all things told. 
on last week, it was about, I don't know, 50% better if we're including the fact that, you know, Raw sucked last week. Raw was really, really good this week, and it accounts for most of the week's wrestling. So, yeah, it was pretty all right. Fair play. So it looks like either though we had a little bit of a hiccup towards the end of the WrestleMania weekend, we seem to be getting ourselves back on track, both in WWE and AEW, looking forward to kind of things developing and sort of fleshing themselves out. So we'll get into a couple of these items this week and just have a little bit of fun and kind of see what's going going on in the world of professional wrestling. Um, real quick, actually, before we kind of jump into this show, uh, appreciate everybody sort of on the YouTube side, checking out uh, the content over there. We've been getting some views over the last couple of weeks and sort of super uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, if you're new to the channel, we do weekly deep dives on wrestling and give unique perspective engage conversation for the casual fan uh, feel free to subscribe check out the youtube channel for episode lists shorts documentaries pay-per-view sim live streams and more uh, we're currently sitting at close to 400 subscribers so we hope to hit 500 as well soon so we appreciate any and all time that you folks give us and it's greatly appreciated there's a lot of wrestling to be consumed, especially on the YouTube and the content creation side. So anybody gives us a few moments of their time is always greatly appreciated. Yeah, 100% appreciate it. And if you do like the stories behind wrestling, which ET and I like to talk about, building stories, continuing stories, ending stories at the correct time, then that is what our content is all about. We do not want to sit here and break down the perfect tope or how to do a Boston Crab, or, you know, this, that, and the other. But we do go into the matches. We do listen to uh, listen to feedback. And if you want more and more and more detail, you're welcome to give it to us. Well said. As a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash Council and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts from. On this week's episode, we look at Jeff Hardy returns to AEW. Adam Cole and Keith Lee forming a partnership. And Thunder Rosa shares an update on her condition and thoughts on the AEW women's division. So, coming up first. Jeff Hardy returns to AEW. Nice little surprise. And amongst others, returns in a little bit of... Kind of fun things that happened on this week in professional wrestling, but on AEW Dynamite, Ethan Page was in the ring looking for some answers as to why Matt Hardy cracked him over the head with the title, and when he put in the contract, of course referring to the match with Hook from the previous week. Matt Hardy then states that the contract said if Hook beats Ethan Page, Matt Hardy and Private Party would no longer be under the control of the firm. Said contract gives Matt the right to pick his next match, and the stipulation is that if they beat the firm, they're out. They're free and clear of their control. Of course, naturally, being the heel that Ethan Page is, Big Bill and Lee Moriarty attack uh, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy from behind. Hook comes out to even the odds and gets beaten down as well, unfortunately, when all of a sudden, the Hardy music hits. And Jeff Hardy comes out wielding a chair to make the save. J 
Jeff ends up throwing the chair at Lee Moriarty that looked really stiff and looked really messed up, and then hits a twist of fate, and then actually hits a stiff-looking swanton bomb that, man, Moriarty ate all of that landing, and it looked super rough. So, so we have the return of Jeff Hardy there, and then, of course, as a small follow-up on Rampage, we had the Hardys, Hook, and Isaiah Cassidy were interviewed backstage, and then Jeff says it feels so good to be back. And then the four of them were announced that they will take on the firm on the Hardy compound in the firm deletion, securing Matt and Isaiah's freedom from the group. So, Mr. Joker, what were your uh, overall impressions or kind of things when you heard that Hardy music hit and you see Jeff coming out, running down with the stylized painted chair? I didn't notice him do a dance midway through the ramp, but... All good. What that was that? Uh, what exactly, were your thoughts? That is exactly it's like, is he gonna stop and do his dance at the top of the ramp like he did on his debut when he had the sense of urgency to try and save his brother then? On his re-debut, his return, he stops to show us his chair as if look, I painted the chair, not my face this time. And or, you know, maybe uh he just I don't know if you've ever seen the ever seen the movie The Crudes. They take a uh, they paint their face and then take a picture by slapping uh, the face with a rock. So maybe he did this. He just painted his face and slapped himself in the in the face with a chair just to get this paint on there. I don't know why he thought this was a good idea, but that throwing of the chair to, uh, at Moriarty looked like you know a wee bit a wee bit of the. Uh, collar just stretching there going are you sure that's okay and i think the reason he he took all of that swanton is because he was still concussed from the chair uh so i don't know whether or not um you know it was uh it maybe it was a wee bit it looked a bit more snug than it actually was but uh it was it was definitely funny to uh to see him not to do the dance this time agreed it was uh it was Overall, it's just nice to see him come back. It's sort of Jeff's first appearance since the middle of last year, roughly around June to July time. Of course, he uh, was ended up being arrested, unfortunately, and then had some time away from the company. But I got to say, overall, it was good to see him. There was, uh, recall, I think after the match, uh, but before Rampage, I had a little sort of backstage thing where it was... Uh, Matt and Jeff and then Isaiah and they were just like oh welcome back type of thing and Isaiah does his moan <laughs> into Jeff's <laughs> ear and Jeff gives this face like what the, what's going on with this guy but um no either all I I think it's good to see him back I know that Jeff's had his his struggles unfortunately uh, over the the years so regardless it's it's Fun and it's really a positive thing to see him be able to get back to the thing that he loves and be with his brother and kind of get back to work and hopefully um, he'll be able to do the things that he's just really accustomed to doing. The one note about the uh, sort of snugness of the landing of the swanton, I think it's maybe one of those things at the end of the day. Jeff's over 40 and his body's taken a toll over the years. So he's maybe going to be like, all right, kids, 
you're gonna have to eat a little bit more of the landing than me just maybe hitting my my head and my shoulder onto sort of your side and me hitting the mat a lot so maybe it's a little bit of that but regardless nice little short run in for him and just again overall just good to see yeah, he uh, he made mention on Rampage that uh, after his his own personal heaven collapsed, he had to claw his way out of his own personal hell. Which, um, it it is one of those things. Like, it's good to see that he has gotten the help that he needs, uh, and that he he looks healthy enough. He has had eye surgery as well. Um, so whether or not he should have been doing the stuff that he was doing, like the Swanton, um remains to be seen not sure if he's completely medically cleared on that grounds but we'll soon find out because if this is sort of a uh a hardy compound uh cinematic uh deletion of the firm uh then we'll see less sort of impact it, it, it's just one of those things jeff hardy is such an icon to the wrestling world now um that you look at him and you go, that guy did all this amazing stuff with Edge and Christian and with the Dudleys back in the day with tables, ladders, and chairs. He's had this amazing run uh, through the WWE and now he has fought his way through other uh, promotions as well. Um, people are very fond of his character Willow and you know an awful lot of the other stuff that he has done um, some of it good, some of it really bad. Uh, you can't take, you can't talk about Jeff Hardy without talking about the bad side of Jeff Hardy as well. Uh, and it's good to see then that he has come back, and we get to spend a little bit of time, hopefully, with the good side of Jeff Hardy here, um, because he did mention his conviction. Like his conviction was for something that you really shouldn't be doing: it, it, drink driving and, and substance abuse and stuff like that. There. That being outside of the ring, that is that is his own personal hell that he has had to climb out of. And it's not something that I can ever imagine having to go through. But to see him come back again definitely brought a smile to my face. Even though, yes, I'm the, the self-prescribed person who does not like, you know, all the spots. His match with Darby Allen all that all those moons ago was probably on number one on my list for never watch again matches because it's literally just spot after spot after spot. So, um, yeah, I'm just happy he's back, happy he's healthy, and we'll uh, we'll see some we'll see something fun, maybe even a return of Willow at this uh, firm deletion match or whatever it's being billed as. But um, yeah, it was uh, definitely great to see his face after the Moan Man. Isaiah Cassidy gave him a little bit of an uh in his ear that was all too subtle, but all too loud enough for us to pick up on that digital exclusive. Yeah, I love the moan. Mona Lisa, that is Isaiah Cassidy. But you always, you gotta love a comeback story. And like you mentioned as well, he's coming off of uh, some rough times as well. So he's coming back here. And you mentioned a little bit of, uh, he had, Eye surgery as well, so we're looking a little bit gnarly and potentially something that we hope he's healthy enough to start to get back onto the road, maybe kind of do some things. So I think a run-in where maybe necessarily he didn't, well, I mean, he took a bump with the Swanton, but he's not going to be able to maybe f sort of full-fledged action. 
But you brought up the notion of the cinematic match, of course. On Rampage, you guys said they're going to have a firm deletion match at the Hardy Compound. And of course, the cinematic matches are most likely back, and this is probably what they'll be. So having Jeff participate in this, you know, you can do some things. It's taped ahead of time. You can edit it. You can do some things where you can kind of work around and hopefully they can be some safe space for Jeff to participate as well as kind of him do some things and kind of protect him as well. But cinematic matches, potentially this one coming back, like we said, had a sort of a long history. I think back one of the earlier ones that I can remember off the top of my head, King of the Road match in WCW, Dustin and the Blacktop Bully fighting on an 18-wheeler, <laughs> driving down the road. I'm thinking about halftime heat, rocking mankind in an empty arena type of thing. You know, we fast forward, of course, to the sort of TNA impact, Matt Hardy, the, the final deletions and things of such. WWE as well with the House of Horrors, with the Bray and the Randy Orton on through that. The one with uh, the New Day as well. And of course, the two ones at the Mania with the... Uh, Bray Wyatt and John Cena, as well as the Boneyard match. So we've had some history of this. There has potentially to be cooking for another one as well. And like you said, we can kind of work around some things and some limitations of folks. But Joker, I don't think I've ever asked you, what what are your kind of thoughts or sort of impressions? Is is a cinematic match uh, kind of your thing, your jam? Or what are you thinking, brother? It honestly depends on the people involved in the story. Does does the does the uh, the players in the uh, the ensemble make it necessary? And for some of those matches, yes, it definitely did because with the halftime heat match you were mentioning, uh, the Rock had a shirt on like the entire time because he'd just undergone surgery. Um. And he was keeping that pretty much under wraps. Now, an awful lot of that was probably shot, you know, to keep him, you know, keep him looking strong. But if he needed a break, he could have a break. Um, a lot of the stuff over the COVID era, uh, where you had the Bray Wyatt match, it was fun because it was Bray Wyatt versus John Cena, and they were making fun of the wrestling industry and John Cena himself instead of getting John Cena to come in and do an actual physical match, which really wouldn't have made sense. So I like that. The Boneyard match, well, we all know what happened whenever Undertaker, you know, tried to do a, an unassisted uh, pile driver, tombstone pile driver, and, you know, it, it, it just didn't go well that time. So I was glad that one was cinematic. With the likes of the uh, the AEW's version, where it was Sting and Darby versus um, Brian Cage and uh, Ricky Starks, that one suited it as well because it allowed things to get spooky with Sting and you know Darby to throw himself through windows. Um, so, like I said, it has to suit the players and. If I can go back to a failure, we did have the House of Horrors match with Bray and Braun Strowman. It was awful. Like, that was just, there was no call for that sort of style of cinematic masterpiece. Heavy quotation marks there. So, 
this could work because we will get to see we will get to see some of the creativity of Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy is well known for having that creative flair, though his debut into AEW could have left a better taste in people's mouths, especially Tony Khan's, who says he regrets uh, throwing out the teleporting Matt Hardy, if you remember how he debuted. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's something I'm looking forward to seeing. But it has to be done well, and if I see some baptizing of people in that uh, in that lake, uh, I'm just gonna be, uh, you know, of just here comes Willow and throw and throw Jeff Hardy into the lake, and then he comes out as Willow or something. I'm just gonna be like, are you, are you serious, buddy? I think that's a fair point. If the players are involved, and I think it lends itself more to these really creative guys like a Matt Hardy, like a Bray who if given a degree of creative control that you can have these kind of just really fun elements. I, you know, I think back to those TNA impact kind of deletions and you had the, which you, you mentioned the lake of reincarnation and kind of all these little different things. And, you know, we had the one with all the tag teams and Gregory Helms coming back and kind of all these little kind of callbacks to little stuff. And then, uh, of course, the the Bray Wyatt shenanigans where you can kind of lean into a little bit more of a fun side. You know, the the one the one that uh, Matt and Bray had, the one with the aforementioned Bray and Braun Strowman, where you had that he's just drowning him in a swamp type of thing. And you're just like, what is even going on? It leans into a little bit more ridiculous. Again, you can have fun with it. So I think when you're able to kind of not take yourself a little bit too serious and just kind of see it as those almost like those WCW mini movies staying invader in a castle in the mountains or whatever, you know, and you're just like, what is even going on right now? You can, you can lean into it and just have fun and sort of go with the flow and sort of be engaged a little bit differently than straight up one-on-one match in a ring and sort of at ringside so i much like yourself i'd be down to kind of see how they kind of turn this around and kind of portray this and i think even though like i mentioned slightly earlier jeff's kind of coming back and potentially a little ring rust it might be good to have a little bit of action and keep him safe oh no 100 percent, definitely uh keeping him safe is probably their uh number one priority um and don't don't forget you know we have stokely hathaway in here too like we gotta make stokely look good uh any which way we can and that just means allowing him to probably you know run away on a quad bike um you know maybe drive a tractor or something and 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 uh what's the name of matt hardy's little uh drone thing vanguard one Vanguard One. He's probably going to steal Vanguard One or have his own version of Vanguard One and they're going to have a war with it or something silly like this here. It just lands, like I said, you have to lean into the ridiculousness for something like this. And as long as fans know that it's you know a one-off every so often that we get these sort of spectacles, then great. Like I, I don't want a full card of cinematic matches. I don't want them all the time. I'm perfectly fine when they happen. But I just kind of want them to happen once every few few years, kind of uh, spot permitting. Uh, but if, if if it was forced, like if this was if this was an MJF versus 
I don't know, Darby Allen sort of thing. It had to be a film noir piece just because Darby Allen went to film school. Like, I think I'd, I'd honestly just have to call it the biggest waste of time ever. Because it'll be like a musical with MJF being the best musical performer of the 2020s, what with his uh, his rendition, uh, his his just performance with uh, Jericho, the uh, whatever whatever they did, their dinner debonair or whatever it was, uh, and his most recent performance. And then, like I said, Darby Allen shooting all his vignettes in black and white. It would just it would just be ridiculousness and have to go. No, get away from me, please. Go and you know do a side headlock takeover, please. Um, if you get that, you get that. But it's one of those things that I just don't know if AEW is going to continue on with these because TK has himself said that he doesn't like them. So I do feel like it's just as a sort of vehicle to get Jeff Hardy back to the ring with as minimal effort while keeping him on screen and involved in a storyline with his brother. That yeah, makes sense. It'd be like the the ice cream. You want to have it every once in a while. If you had it every day, you'd be like, I don't want to have this in anymore. So sprinkle it in a little bit here and there, and you can kind of enjoy it. So I understand. Uh, but I'll throw this one sort of last question over to you. With Jeff, com- Jeff coming back, and hopefully when he gets uh, absolutely healthy and he can compete, with the Hardys reuniting, presumably, are there any teams that you would be interested in seeing the Hardys Mm. short answer is no I'm not interested in seeing the Hardys go on another tear Uh, you know uh, whether or not you want to translate tear as you know winning a whole bunch and getting titles or just you know putting over talent I, I really don't I feel like their work with private party or Matt Hardy's work with private party the most part was good for them for a specific period of time, but has fallen flat and they need to kind of get on track with that. So if they were to do that, then I would like them to feud with private party when private party is, you know, 100%, not just Isaiah Cassidy. Um, So it's them. Then maybe I would probably like to see them against FTR. It's a bit of a contrast of styles, um, but FTR are good at those kind of matches. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of the really good tag teams that we have right now, uh, that we've seen recently are maybe a wee bit too much. I want to, I think that's the word. They're a bit too much because we just saw Aussie Open for crying out loud, the IWGP, uh, champions, um, in a match there. And it was like night and day between them and, every other tag team there was just unmitigated violence and i was there for it it was really really fun so i kind of just think that they're okay with doing what they're doing maybe the odd singles match of them fade off into the 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 twilight i don't know but that that's a very cynical view of what's been a really good career so maybe that's just me not really caring enough Airplay mentioned uh, FTR. I think, I don't know if they faced off. Maybe Lucha Brothers might be an interesting match. You have sort of a, a Lucha, but then also kind of a different style as well. Yeah, I, I think a 
mentor tutor thing with private party might be good so yeah i think it's one of those it'd be better to keep them together for both men's sake so they can kind of lean on one another and, and kind of support one another but yeah I'd, I'd be open to them fighting some of the uh, the younger teams and kind of just having those sort of first time matchups so all right, so those were our thoughts on Jeff Hardy returning to AEW. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts were on Jeff Hardy's return to AEW. If you liked it, if you found it surprising, if there's anything that you would like to see as far as a matchup for Jeff Hardy in AEW. And don't forget Jeff Hardy's chair. All right, next topic here. Adam Cole and a Keith Lee partnership. So this developed on this past week's episode of Dynamite. In the closing moments of the matchup between Keith Lee and Chris Jericho, uh, referee Aubrey Edwards was distracted by Danny Garcia, and then a masked man cracks Lee in the face with a foreign object, or an international object if this was 90s WCW who, of course, turns out to be Shane Swerve Strickland. Uh, and then Jericho covers Lee for the win. So we get a little bit of a schmoz there. We see Lee roll out to the outside of the ring, and as Jericho is celebrating, Adam Cole comes down to check on Keith Lee. And, of course, offers him a fist bump, which is, of course, reciprocated. So nice little moment there. They turn their backs on Jericho and Garcia and start walking up the ramp as the heels fume over being ignored and a little bit of that spotlight being taken away. And this is, of course, an obvious callback to Adams Cole's return over Danny Garcia in that win two weeks prior, where Jericho came to support the fallen Garcia, who lost the match, and then half turned and gave Cole a look when he was on the ramp and then left through the entryway, much like Cole did here. So, interesting little story simmering and kind of little bits of this. So, Joker, I throw it over to you, my friend. Planting seeds. They mentioned in the opening before the match took place when Keith Lee was making his entrance that Keith Lee has a history of uh, associating or fighting, or having a connection of sorts to Adam Cole. So, what were your thoughts on the little bit of the uh, seed planting, if you will, or something brewing with Adam Cole and Keith Lee? I really, really like uh, Keith Lee. I really, really like Adam Cole, baby. So, what do you get when you put two of Joker's favorite wrestlers together? get a recipe for success these two guys are fantastic separately and that's kind of how i want them to stay like it's one of those things that we had this swerve in our glory nonsense which i really didn't like and if we get limitless baby or you know i don't know swerve in our baby i don't or whatever glory baby i don't know something stupid i think i might go nuts i liked the fact that adam cole came down to the ring and you know we had this call back to jericho who was obviously whining about why there were streamers going on why his why Britt baker was in the ring making out with adam cole just because he won like 
Cole's an obvious welcome back to wrestling for Adam Cole, who was facing some big problems uh, in coming back to wrestling. And if you watch the AEW All Access show from a few weeks ago, you'll you'll see how uh, how many times uh, this has limited uh, Mr. Adam Cole because it, it it's really really crucial that we take um, we take our time with head injuries, and that's in any sport. And this man had two severe concussions back to back. So the fact that we had that big celebration really peed uh, Mr. Chris Jericho off, who, you know, he has his own appreciation society, so he knows how to throw a party for himself. Um, I kind of didn't like the addition of Swerve here. I felt like we were done with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Obviously, Swerve saying earlier in the night, is like, I've got some you know, personal business to take care of. And then later on, it was clearly Swerve Strickland in that that really terrible balaclava uh, style face uh, face hoodie thing. Um, So it was just one of those, you're like, Swerve, please don't. Obviously, it's the the mogul, what are they now? Mogul affiliates merge with the embassy. So the mogul embassy, isn't it? Let's call it that. Yeah. 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 I think it's, I think they're, they're calling themselves a mogul embassy or something like that there anyway. So maybe they like hired, he hired himself out to Chris Jericho to kind of help with this here. That'll maybe be the story. Um, but I, I won't mind seeing a Keith Lee and Adam Cole match up against, say, Danny Garcia, Chris Jericho before the 1v1 of Chris Jericho uh, versus Adam Cole. And let's say Danny Garcia pins Keith Lee. From because of shenanigans with Swerve, and then we take Keith Lee and he goes off to actually finish and deal with Swerve Strickland. Um, that'll be that'll be fine for me. But keep Keith Lee and Adam Cole separate, please. I don't need Limitless Baby or Baby, sorry, or you know whatever you kind of want to add in there. It's... We don't need more tag teams. We need more single stars and. These two guys are huge, so let them be stars. Yeah, you mentioned, of course, Adam Cole returning a couple weeks ago with that win over Danny Garcia and got the big celebration. Naturally, the egotistical heel that Chris Jericho is doesn't like to see people get a celebration maybe when he's not the center of attention, nor if it's being outdone. And folks celebrating when it's not him is always a sort of a thorn in the side or kind of a little stab in the ribs, if you will. But yeah, the I'm okay with kind of slow rolling Adam Cole. You know, we had obviously that match. I think he had a, the backstage with Tony Khan and Nigel McGuinness announcing we have his appearance here. So, you know, we're, we're getting some Adam Cole, but it's not like he's being shoved down our throats or kind of being sort of overexposed type of thing. So I'm not mad at it. Of course, he had that long layoff with the injury. So course you want to make sure that your your guys and gals are squared away and all good to go but i appreciate the continuity in wrestling they like aforementioned before the match started uh when keith lee was making his introduction or making his way to the ring they mentioned his history with cole having gone to war with him and kind of all those things 
of course, alluding to their encounters on the indies as well as in WWE and NXT, for example. So I'm never mad when you can keep this sort of story, long form storytelling going sort of across companies. Some people are don't like when you kind of like, oh, you're mentioning, you know, their history, but it's from another company. But I, I think it, when it happens in wrestling, you'd be like, oh, if they end up having a match in AW, like, no, this is not the first ever time they've, you know, squared away. They've, they've have, they know each other from back in the day. So calm down. But I do thought it was kind of joking that obviously Keith Lee ended up be defeating Adam Cole for the NXT championship. And a little bit of that. And there was murmurings and rumors that believe it or not, PT isn't at home. Leave a message at the beep that Adam Cole was going to be Keith Lee's manager when Keith Lee moved from NXT to Raw. So are we getting a little bit of a manager kind of thing with Keith Lee here? Are we getting a little bit of a partnership? Are we getting a little bit of a perhaps a tag team? Uh, maybe a little bit of a boom in our glory. Tony Khan, you can have that one, my friend. It's all good. So. But where I'm going with this, it, I'm not mad at, I'll drill down and, and bring it home here to my point. I'm still stuck on boom in our glory, dude. Don't worry about it. There you go. But my point here is it's always good. You'll see heels have a sort of friendly kind of relationship with each other, but sometimes you'll see baby faces. I'm too proud and kind of don't have friends. So if someone, if a baby face is getting a beat down, there'll be nobody come to save them. But the fact that we can have a sort of friendly alliance until one of them turns on each other of an Adam Cole and a Keith Lee. And you have this is Adam Cole, maybe leading to a thing with Jericho. You have this business of Keith Lee still not getting even and revenge on swerve. Get a little bit of that kind of Danny Garcia thrown in because that was a thing. So there's a lot of elements to play. You can have a, a singles match. You can have a tag match. You can have all these iterations, uh, a Jericho and a Swerve versus a, a Keith and an Adam Cole or different iterations, break it off into singles matches. But I like the, the seed planning, the acknowledgement of the history and the relationship. I'm interested to kind of see how this goes because there's a lot of, like I mentioned and you mentioned, a lot of avenues we can go with this potential partnership slash alliance. There, there, there's quite a few ways that you can kind of maneuver this. Um, I only ask, right, that we recreate one of the more famous interactions between Keith Lee and Adam Cole. And you, you're smiling there. You might know the one that I'm on about, where Adam Cole is marching down to the ring in NXT, and who but the stealthiest of Keith Lee's comes and sideswipes him and throws him into the front row of NXT. It was it was just the best sideswipe ever, honestly. It was it, it's it still plays in my head as a gift just every so often I see Keith Lee and it's like I remember when he just pounced and and you know, Adam Cole didn't see him coming somehow. Uh so if if we do somehow maneuver into like a rivalry between these two, I'd like for them to do that just because it's funny. Um and yeah, I, I feel like people you you mentioned that you know we mentioned history or or, or at least uh, Excalibur mentioned the history between these two. 
in wrestling. It would happen a lot more in WWE if, you know, people from the other company, AEW, moved to WWE. So anybody who's like, oh, they don't mention it, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's because, well, anybody who's new and is not good enough goes to NXT and you probably don't watch NXT like me. So, well, I don't watch NXT. I mean, you know, trying to make that obvious. So nothing ever gets mentioned that they were from the Indies, you know, or they had these barn burners in AEW, you know. Yeah, sure, they they mentioned the other company. And like, we met, we worked for other companies. It's like, well, that would happen in WWE if these guys contracts expired and wwe actually bought them that would that would happen the fact of the matter is AEW is the one buying up the wwe talent that they let go so we get the history here and i have seen people complaining that you know that we're doing you were talking about the other company or we're talking about you know the fact this just like catch yourself on we need to have if there is backstory there include the backstory it's like if everybody lost common sense and just went, Cody did nothing for six years while he was away. Like, literally just existed in stasis. Whereas, you know, we had we had the, the conversation around him. He did go away. Him and his indie friends did, you know, sold out, uh, sold out a show and he went from undesirable to undeniable, etc., etc., etc. We would have more stories like that. And maybe whenever Cody goes back to AEW in a few years, you will get the, the reverse of that story. So, yeah, it, it's just one of those things. I like it. There's a lot of things that these two can do. But I kind of just want Adam Cole to beat Chris Jericho and get on to like, the AEW title path. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I want him to go right now. And Keith Lee is still rebuilding. It feels to me. He's still... He's kind of fallen back into Bearcat Keith Lee where he's being underutilized. And I really would like to see him be solid again. You know, be that rock, that that immovable object um, that challenged for titles. And uh, his end of era NXT run was my favorite uh, Keith Lee stuff. And yeah, I just kind of want to see that again in a new setting. And uh, I still want Adam Cole to do some cool things because, you know, boom. I think if you want to treat people not like idiots or, or not try to baby them. If you have a, an interaction like Adam Cole and Keith Lee did, you know, it's okay to mention that these guys know each other from the Indies. These guys know each other from the past. They've interacted, they've wrestled and type of thing. When you have an interaction like that, but then like, Oh, the fans like, Oh, why, why would he come down? Like they don't even know each other. But if you allude to, they actually have history. You're treating people with a bit of respect and kind of informing like, Oh, this is a thing much like, like I mentioned before, the wrestling world is a huge continuity thing. So, you know, to to mention, you took it right out of my brain where Cody returns last year's WrestleMania and he, he left WWE and didn't wrestle for six plus years and now he came back and it's crazy and he's this big star and we don't know why or whatever. And it's like, come on, bruh, bruh. I know you don't want to mention 
you know, for there are a section of the crowd and the fans that WWE is the only thing that's ever existed and 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 that's understandable and if that's all that you're able to have available and to a point if that's the story that you're being told I get it but you know to the fans that want to reach a little bit more and kind of see different things or maybe grasp a little bit to thing there's there's more wrestling out there but to wind down this piece here yeah I think it's going to be interesting to see that Adam Cole when he kind of gets that matchup with Chris, it's he's had an interesting path. He's feuded with Orange Cassidy. Some folks didn't like that. A little bit of that comedy thing maybe felt it was a step down for Cole. Ended up going through the Owen Hart and then winning that and then getting that match. Unfortunately, he got injured. And now kind of coming back here, Keith Lee, he's still, he got uh, double stomped with that cinder block on the outside by Swerve. Had some time away, one match teaming with Dustin and now having this match with Chris. So he's probably going to get that matchup with Swerve, of course, to kind of get that that heat back. But I mean, yeah, we'll we'll build him back up. I'm not I'm not mad at we're getting Elder Scrolls Keith Lee with the robe and he's looking kind of fresh and everything. So I'm never mad. Never mad when we get a little a uh, little bit of that Keith Lee-ness. So ultimately, we hope that these guys are well on their way and kind of be successful. We both like a Keith Lee. We both like an Adam Cole. We just want to see these guys succeed and just have good storylines and kind of have fun interactions and just have good matches. I'm just glad Keith Lee has figured out how to unclasp that robe. Because that first time he came out with that robe, he messed it up. <laughs> and then this week it was a straight, poof, you know, big swooping motion. Get this thing off me and look amazing while doing it. Um. Yeah, you know, like just I just want to see you just want to see people succeed and be in good storylines. And this is this is the difference between the two companies. WWE is is people's favorite for a long time because it tells stories. Like they make cinema, it's Vince's big thing. Like they they make movies, they make TV, they 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 make entertainment, they're sports entertainers. AEW is as much as you don't like to admit it, people on the internet is moving that way because they realize that that's what they need to do to sell their product to the casual fan. And the casual fan is going to make them money because, you know, not everybody can support everybody. It's just the way it is. So you have your Orange Cassidy's, you have your fun matches. And I love Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole and, and, and Adam Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Like these are these are things that they sell because the characters are popular. Like these these guys and girls, they're portraying characters that are meant to entertain. And for me personally, Keith Lee is entertaining because he is a big guy that should not move like the way he moves. He is athletic, and he just doesn't fit any mold. And the same can be said for Adam Cole. He is athletic. He is a gamer. Like He streams on Twitch. As soon as he's done wrestling, he goes home and he streams on Twitch. You know, he is a big gamer. And when he couldn't participate in wrestling, he was streaming. Like... And with the party, you know, them playing Uno and stuff, 
you know me and pt's favorite game is uno we do we do play do play it quite a bit we suck but you know we can barely beat the robots um so it's just one of those things that it's entertaining to see outside of the ring and that's what adam cole came to do whenever he came to help keith lee he showed us personality he showed us making fun of chris jericho um you know i hope to i hope to high high tk that we don't uh we don't see manager adam cole ever fair play I just hope I have the confidence, much like a Keith Lee, to come out in a cloak or a cape and just rock that with absolute confidence and just own it. All right, those were our thoughts on Adam Cole and Keith Lee's potential partnership, seeing these guys succeed, and hopefully a big thing is to come for them. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube, or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts are. On an Adam Cole, a Keith Lee, and what's next for either one of these gentlemen. All right, last topic here we'll cover today. Thunder Rosa shares an update on her condition and her thoughts on the AEW's women's division. So this comes from a recent appearance on Busted Open Radio, where Thunder Rosa commented on a couple different topics. So just share some of the interview here now regarding her back injury she says i'm not cleared and i'm not i have not been cleared i've gotten in the ring and unfortunately the pain is still there and it's very frustrating i want to get in the ring and do what i do best and that's wrestle of course she's sharing that fortunately she's still injured and you know it's unfortunate of course she went on to say regarding the AEW women's division I want to make this about focusing on the AEW women's division, which I'm very impressed with, especially the last couple of weeks. Our champion, Jamie Hayter, is one of the hardest-hitting women in the world. Riho and Misakura, we are seeing some different matchups, and they have been awesome. I want to make sure we focus on the women's division now. We have to respect the people that are representing the company. I've talked to the locker room. I, at, I took accountability for the things that some people had issues with me. They went out there and apologized, and that's the best thing I can do. And last point here on this, we've started, we stated before we should be taking the women's division seriously. And unfortunately, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to Tony Khan being the booker man. So, you know, on how his portrayal of who he sees as the women's, uh, the women's champion and the women's division. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see, but throwing it back to you, Joker here, what was, uh, what are your thoughts on Rosa here? I know there was a lot of kind of turmoil here, you know, when it, when it comes to interim titles, you, you especially weren't just a fan of that, but, and pointing back to an earlier episode, we, we talked about the women's division, and it, like I mentioned right here, it comes down to uh, Booker Man, Tony Khan. But what are your thoughts on just her comments about the women's division? And kind of, you know, we want to focus on the women that are there, and she mentioned some names, and just looking at the women's division right now. Well, you mentioned you mentioned the the previous episode we done on the on the women's division for AW. Uh, we have had some harsh words for 
AEW's women's division, they're booking, uh, not the actual competitors, because I'm a huge fan of Jamie Hader. Uh, absolutely love uh, her no nonsense style. Um, there's an awful lot of uh, fantastic competitors within the women's division now that are finally getting some screen time. And I feel like the comments that Thunder Rosa is making are they're a step in the right direction for her and for building bridges to kind of garner some sort of teamwork uh, within the women's division when she gets back. I'm going to harken back to the AW All Access episodes where one of the more prominent characters involved there is Britt Baker. And Britt Baker uh, is a super hardworking individual. I've been a big Brit fan since you know I since she was the AEW Women's Champion at the, the start, where she is considered a pillar. Uh, if you don't want to include Sammy, so she is interchangeable. You take Sammy out, you just throw Britt Baker in there. Um, so it's one of those that you you can see that she is a sort of focus point for the heat that maybe surrounds Thunder Rosa as well. There was some back and forth between them, some comments made, uh, and, you know, I, I, yeah, don't like the interim word. I hate the interim title. It, it, it's, it shows a lack of respect for the person holding the title. And in this all-access, Britt Baker says as much to Tony Schiavone. Like she, she says that it's just lack of respect. You say you're moving forward, and yet Tony Storm has to walk out there and you have to call her interim women's champion. It was an absolute travesty, something that could have been resolved by Thunder Rosa saying, I am out with a back injury. This is going to take a long time. This is not something simple as a stinger. Maybe you should vacate the title. It would have been done an awful lot quicker if it was the men's division. So why wasn't it done for the women's division? And we had this long-form rant from Joker many months ago, and I'm sure we'll have it again whenever somebody decides that they want to reuse the interim title. Um, I feel like the comments that she made mentioning and highlighting the fact that Riho and Emi Sakura and Jimmy Hader uh, these women are now getting more of a focal point, even though Riho is a former AEW Women's Champion. She's the first. She's the first AEW Women's Champion. People forget that. People seem to just want to ignore it. Like, it happened. And yet, she's never on TV. And Emi Sakura is a big deal. You know, she she is so good and had a really really good match against Lawera Loca at Taya Valkyrie uh, on Rampage and I was just like you know I wasn't a big Taya Valkyrie fan but really really good uh, so I mean watching that you're just the women's division needs more same can be said for both companies honestly like if you're talking women's division both companies just do more. So I like to hear these comments from Thunder Rosa, um, even though we're still lacking in Thunder Rosa's uh, sort of personality, her vibrancy, 
um, and the the character that she portrays for AEW. Yeah, I'll I'll tend to agree with you as well that you know it's unfortunate she's stating that she's still out injured and after all these months and like you had stated here this is in relation to aw all access uh this is in part sort of kind of mentioning a little bit of what's been going on like you said Britt baker's been featured in a couple of the episodes so far of uh one of which featured just before sort of all out and then subsequently <clears throat> leading into full gear the whole situation with Tony Storm at the moment after winning the what's interim there, you know, she shared her thoughts and for folks that are been peripherally on wrestling social media, you know, and over the past that Britt Baker and uh, Miss Thunder Rosa weren't the, weren't the best of coworkers, weren't the best of friends and things. And they've, it's one of those where you get two strong personalities and, you get kind of things happen, and again, I I don't know Brit and and Thunder personally, just kind of on a peripheral. But yeah, you can tell that they both want to be successful. They both want to be champions. They both want to work hard, and they just they've ran into sort of button heads. And you know, in a work environment, you're not always going to get folks that gel perfectly or or kind of have you know perfectly symmetry personalities and things and such. So I get it the the prompting of all access brit just let let her feelings know and she has her reservations and i get it but to agree with you i do appreciate that thunder's mentioning like hey you know let's focus on the folks that are there that are holding it down that are getting the time that are type she she even mentioned you know she she addressed some things and apologized so she's kind of just sort of trying to put things and move past and i get it like yeah i agree let's focus on the the women that are putting in the work and that are getting time now and yeah let's continue to make this a big deal yeah because that's all that they can do they have to show up show out and be better than the men like they they're not getting the time to to sort of show what they can do at the minute and instead of talking about someone who's not there we talk about the people who who are there who are holding it down who are doing the best that they can and uh uh i mean uh, another another person who's featured on all access Ty Conti the wife of one Sammy Guevara who it was it, it's stated on that show that you know she was having a really good babyface run before they got married and now ever since then she's been a heel and she has been sort of the side act on the JAS it's just another woman who's been sidelined who is a I believe she's a judo a judo yeah, champion she is a judoka yeah 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 she she's she's legit like she is an actual uh, absolute legit competitor who is getting sidelined because what she's married to a heel and now she has to be a heel. Like it's a wee bit short-sighted. It's a wee bit boxy. It is just, especially whenever she's had some really cool matches, like she had a street fight with Anna Jay and, uh, and Willow and Ruby, I believe it was, was it a wee while ago? So like, you know, one of those things that you look at, oh, that was, that was a hard hit match. And she's been in some hard hit slug fests, uh, before. So, it's just another thing that we need to talk about 
we need TK to sort of address in his booking going forward is if you're putting on a men's singles match, put on a women's singles match as well. Give us a reason to cheer for these women as much as we cheer for the men. And you know, if you're if you're making women's tag team trying to make that prevalent, then give us a reason to. Don't just put the champion and her friend against the competitor and her friend. Just, you know, I, I don't personally see the need for a women's tag team division when you have two separate women's singles divisions that you're not utilizing correctly. Um, and that's not to mention the Ring of Honor women's division as well. So you've a lot of you've a lot of potential here for greatness once you get the foundation built, which you should be building around Jimmy Hater, you should be building around Jade, you should be building around the likes of Riho Ami Sakura, Rip Baker. You know, Ty, Ty Conti, um, Anna Jay, all these women need to be your foundation uh, for what you want to build in AEW and build a new women's revolution around that. Don't talk about people who can't affect that. There's no point in bothering with um, out, outward influences that you can't affect, just affect your company. Um, and whenever Thunder Rosa comes back, you know, she can integrate perfectly well. Um, maybe keep the belt off her for a while. Yeah, it's fair play. At at the end of the day, it's down to the Booker man, Tony Khan, who's leading this women's division, deciding who's champion, how the storylines play out and things of such. And have uh, another, just a line from her, or a quote rather from her interview that kind of plays into a little bit of kind of what Tony Khan has decided and kind of see. So this is in regards to why Rosa wasn't showing up as a champion when she was still kind of holding that. Uh, she says here, for me personally, I wanted to drop the title the day that I couldn't wrestle because they told me I was going to be out four to six weeks. My boss, Tony Khan, made a decision and said, you're going to be champion and we're going to have an interim champion. She says, as a competitor, I wanted to make it fair so my peers had an opportunity to defend the championship because it wasn't fair that I wasn't there. And I, was go I wasn't going to be there I wasn't going to hold the title. Uh, and the problem comes, and this has been the question raised about me not showing up, I wasn't booked to go there. When I got the news that I wasn't going to keep the title, it caught me off, it caught, it caught me by surprise. She says, today is the day, okay, I wasn't able to go. I wasn't going to be in the ring and say, guys, unfortunately, we made the decision. Here's the title. Thank you for the opportunity to let me represent. The opportunity wasn't given. So. To that point, she admits she was, when she was hurt, you know, she says, I was ready to give it up, you know, to, to, to be fair and give, give the division a chance. But TK, like we mentioned as the booker, as the deciders held off. And then ultimately at the end of the day, she didn't even have a time or a moment to just kind of, Hey, here it is. So like we've been banging on in previous episodes and today here. Tony Khan leads this. He leads the story. He's the booker. He's the creative. And it ultimately comes down to what he say and what he decides goes. So, yeah, I think it's one of those. It's, it's a tough one for, for Thunder to not have that opportunity, at least just that one moment to say, you know, maybe lay it in the ring or kind of do that or, or hand the title to the person who is going to be named that. So... Ultimately, just after Full Gear in November, Renee Paquette announced that Jamie Hayter, who had just won 
the championship from Tony Storm that she was officially undisputed AW Women's Champion, and by proxy, Tony Storm's then interim was formulated into a lineal, so she became an official AEW Women's Champion as well. So that was good to see, you know, even though it was retroactive, but Tony eventually got her flowers. So, but yeah, man, it's one of those things, again, to drive home the point that Tony Khan makes the decision for the women's division. And, you know, for me, Joker, like you mentioned, Jade, uh, excuse me, Jamie Hayter matches, I thoroughly enjoy because she just brings something different, hard hitting, has variety of opponents. We saw a Riho before. We've seen a Tony Storm. We've seen that are engaging and fun matches to watch. She's got a personality. She has a sort of quiet charisma that she kind of does swagger and that I'm engaged in these matches. We also have like a Jade Cargill, who of course on the other side of the coin, very beautiful woman, has this presence about her, very muscular, athletic. You know, she's got some, she's got a knit factor, things that you kind of can't teach per se, harkening back to the Dusty Rhodes documentary that we had earlier in the week. You know, it's something you can't teach, but it's one of those that she, her matches are predictable. Her matches are kind of things. She really doesn't get storylines per se. You know, I think she's having this kind of thing with, Taya Valkyrie, but before that, I want to say maybe the last storyline she had was sort of with Athena kind of thing, but outside of that, it's just been like, we'll kind of announce a match. She had a fun match with uh, Billy Starks, but, you know, we knew that Jade was going to win, so I think when it comes down to it's it's a tough spot because Hater kind of doesn't need storylines. She's going to come mm-hmm. and be like, you want to face me? Let's go and have a good match. Jade, I don't know kind of what's going on. We'll eventually lead down to a storyline where somebody beats her. Hopefully we'll figure that out. Maybe that's booked out perhaps, but we have a storyline with the outcasts and they're kind of, you know, they're having a storyline, but that's really outside of that. No disrespect to any of the performers because it comes down to TK a storyline with Taya Valkyrie and Jade and Outcast against the AEW Originals. And that's kind of all that's going on for the women's division. Like, Tony, we can have more things going on. We can have little storylines. We can have more things. But you, TK, as the booker, as the decision maker for the men's and the women's division, but if you if you give us something to get invested in, we can we can like these characters. We can we can make them popular we can get invested we can make those segments feel important and like we mentioned before in the other episode all those months back and now we're still like lacking the representation the the importance that we feel like gives more men to the men's storylines and division than we get with the women's division yeah 100 percent agree um there's a lot that can be said uh that can be said about the women's division uh that i don't really want to have a have a typical joker rant here about you know comparing and contrasting and 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 the kind of silliness that we have from both companies but to just kind of have a wee short one um jade essentially is on a mini goldberg run um and i have said before a few weeks ago actually now 
uh, I don't care for streaks. I really don't care for streaks. This is not the territories anymore. You do not have to go through uh, and see this attraction every once in a while, um, you know, once every month or twice every month. You see them two to three times a week, and they're on social media, and they're they're making their presence known. There's multiple shows, there's signings, there's this, that, and the other. These people need to have something new. And Jade is desperate need, in desperate need of something new. And another thing that I, I, I like to say is we have to add in a little bit of doubt. If she might win, it makes the anticipation of her winning that much better. As it stands now, until Jade wins, no one cares. Yes, she's athletic. Yes, she's beautiful. Yes, she has this presence about her. Sometimes she annoys me. And sometimes, you know, she she just sends me into fits of giggles. And sometimes I'm just in complete awe. But it's one of these things that I really hope they pull the trigger with Taya Valkyrie and let her win the TBS women's title. Because the last person, and if rumors are to be believed, the only person they've considered has been Chris Statlander, who has been out for a long time because of injury. I don't know what number TK wants to go to now for that for that particular title for her for, for G and her first loss. But we we do not need this unbeatable our house of a woman if you're not going to utilize her like you're not doing anything with her and whereas before maybe about 20 wins ago we were saying the tbs championship feels that much better than the aew women's title because it was so poorly handled i.e around the time of uh, thunder rosa holding it and then going away um this now feels like I've forgotten she's TBS champion and she's just about a win streak and, and it just kind of, the TBS title doesn't still exist. Like, do we need this? Do we have her lose to Jamie Hayter and, you know, merge the two belts and that, that you know, have done with it? Because if you're not going to use it, just get rid of it. And uh, that's how I feel about, uh, that, that's how I feel about the booking sort of in this regard. Um, So just it, sort of bring it back focus on what we've got here now thunder is completely right focus on who we have what we're doing and please start utilizing the talent agreed you and i've said it at length we want these guys and these gals to be successful you know like i we've both mentioned we love a jamie hater match jade's got something about her just, you know, the outcasts are doing something kind of different. Just give give them as much effort and kind of time to maybe plan stuff out and opportunities as you would give the men. And at the end of the day, kind of make me invested. Make me want to look forward to a match and give it a story and plant those seeds of doubt and creative and all those things. And, and just make me, make me invested. If you, and I think I said almost this exact, exact quote in the previous episode, if TK makes us feel important, then I'll feel like it's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, kind of one sort of final round down thought. You mentioned uh, a couple of folks 
yeah, there's a some players out injured. We have Rose obviously kind of with the back, Abaddon with a collarbone injury, Chris Statlander with a knee injury, Layla Hirsch also with a knee injury. Do you feel like any of these folks can make an impact when they return to kind of sort of the state that we're in? Do you feel like any of these players can kind of elevate to from where we're at now? Not in the current climate of the AEW women's division, no. It feels like there is only room for a few at the top, and the top is not very high. It just feels like the women's division is not where it needs to be, and the room in that women's division is it's not being showcased. It's not being showcased correctly, in my opinion. Yeah, we got a lot of talented women there. Hopefully we can have TK put them in the right places and the right spaces to be able to succeed more than they've already succeeded for. Again, when they're putting on matches and they're putting on these things, just if he makes it feel important, then we'll feel like it's important and we'll look forward to it. So with that, those were Thunder Rose's thoughts. And coming out here and... Kind of just saying, let's focus on the women's division now. And I think Joker and I have decided, yeah, we're we tend to agree. Let's let's elevate and see where we're at, and let's focus on the here and the now and hope for the better. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube, or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know your thoughts on Thunder Rose's comments and what you want to see out of the women's division going forward. All right, and that about wraps it up for us. Joker, interesting collection of topics here. Had a little bollocks in the beginning with some Jeff Hardy returns, semantic matches, maybe uh, a little bit of a tag team with a Keith Lee and uh, Adam Cole to a little bit of a serious one with the return of the women's division discussion we had here. Pretty good one. I feel like I, de I derailed each and every one of those pretty successfully to talk about something randomly, and I even shoehorned Cody Rhodes in there. So yeah, I think it was perfectly successful. Um, we talked absolute mad bollocks, like you said. So uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, can't, I can't deny that. This is one of those sort of classic kayfabe council episodes where we get a little bit of controlled chaos, try not to get too far <laughs> off the rails, and every once in a while we kind of do, but I love the fact that you can somehow in a AEW sort of centric show, you can shoehorn in Cody Rhodes, brother, and I love it. You always gotta shoehorn in the EVP Cody Rhodes when you're talking about AEW, even though he is in WWE. And it's probably Hollywood bind. See, I'm still doing it. We still talk about, still talk about uh, Cody Rhodes. So it's fine. Man, what was the pieces that we were hearing when they were out in LA for Mania? There was uh, potential talks of him doing a Zelda movie. I would love to see him as Link. Yeah, he makes yeah. sense, you know. Uh, nice, ha handsome <laughs> Link. Link with the neck tattoo. With the neck tattoo. Link with a neck tattoo of an American Transformer who's going to be their Zelda. And maybe him, what was, the, what was it, that he might play Johnny, Johnny Cage, Cage or something like Johnny that in Mortal Cage, Kombat yeah. movie? Who knows, man? Cody is known for, uh, what was the most recent kind of interview or something like that? Uh, Dusty used to call him Hollywood because he wanted to get into acting before he got into wrestling. But uh, Cody Rhodes, yep. man, 
Gotta love the guy just being trying to everywhere and anywhere. I, like, see if your wood said it, you know, in a recent interview with Simon Miller, you gotta, you gotta figure out your exit strategy from wrestling. And these guys, some of them want to go into movies, some of them want to go into TV shows. Um, you just gotta, you know, put your fingers out and see which pies you find and whatever one interests you. And I think, I think it's good. And, yeah, I can't fault the guy, but I don't think he'll be a good link. <laughs> please don't put him in a please don't put him in a Legend of Zelda movie. That'd be terrible. I'd be curious how he plays Link and I'd be curious how he plays Johnny Cage, but that's just me. Well, for one, he would probably try and talk about his dad as Link, and you know, we all do like Link don't talk, so there's there's Link's a mute. Be a bit of a pointless uh bit of a pointless uh, endeavor there. Johnny Cage I reckon he'd be all right as that one, but I would like to see him and Miz have an actual fight over who should be Johnny Cage, because apparently a few years ago, the Miz also made uh, inroads to trying to get that position. So that's uh, you brought up a really great point. Uh, Cody can't cut a promo as Link, so I don't know if that's going to work out. And yeah. you know, it's one of those where I could see him maybe a little bit of a, a Johnny Cage. Yeah, him. The Miz and, uh, I apologize if I butchered the name, Danny uh, Pacenta, I believe, was the original Johnny Cage in the first Mortal Kombat, the live action uh, right. uh, actor who, who uh, they used as him. Kind of did they had that one kind of photo together with the glasses and doing the ah type of thing. And it's, I was like, wow, Miz could pull it off. But I don't know. Cody, Cody's going to play Link. Cody's going to play Johnny Cage. And Joker is going to go run to the theaters and screaming. Shut up and take my money. Finish the story. No, basically all all he's going to be able to say right at the end of the movie. I finished the story, pop. All right. Before this goes too much off the rails, uh, comment down below or hit us up and let us know if you'd be interested in seeing Cody as Link and Cody as Johnny Cage. <laughs> I've even managed to derail the outro, PT. I don't know. I'm on one this week. I don't know what's going on. I'm not mad at it, but. With that, so for TF Joker, I would clearly make the better Johnny Cage. You love to see it. And for me, Pretty Tony, we thank you for your time, letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself, be good to each other, and we will catch you next time. Peace.